0: So I had a, kind of a cool experience with my students in the high school a couple of weeks ago. We were discussing the topic of uh, beauty, just beauty in the world, beauty in general, beautiful experiences. And we are kind of the debate was, is it objective or subjective? And what that means is, is like, do you decide what's beautiful? Like, if you look at something and say, that's beautiful, then it's beautiful, or is something Beautiful just because it is and because of certain properties regardless of what you think. And so, you know, we've been arguing that for the past two weeks. But in the midst of it, I've I had them write these papers on just an, a beautiful experience that they had and what it did to them. And I just want to share with you two short quotes from two separate students uh, from their papers. The first one is in regards they were out kind of on a, a walk in, in nature. The student said this, the path was enclosed by trees on both sides and ascended up a steep hill. So it looked like it climbed into into the sky. Being there felt like we were in another world. It made all of us feel at peace. And while we were there, we had nothing to worry about. We sat together in the narrow passage and talked for over an hour. Before we went back to the house, we collectively decided to sit for two minutes in complete silence and pray. Sitting there listening to the birds and the wind, watching the leaves fall softly to the ground, and knowing I was surrounded by people who loved me, was truly beautiful. Second, in regards to being lying out under the stars, which us North Dakotans are very well acquainted with, this sensation cannot be easily described to those who have not felt it themselves. Even when I try to explain the experience, such terms as heavenly or divine, Failed to do justice. When one does experience this feeling, a secondary impulse to capture it or to hang on to it follows immediately. In the end, however, this transcendence remains elusive. The peacefulness will slip through one's fingers, creating a yearning in the person to go in search of it for the rest of their lives. I was shocked when I read these. That's poetic! They're juniors in high school. They certainly write better than I wrote as a junior in high school. But what, what, what struck me by that is when you talk about beauty, when you think about beauty, when you write about beauty, beautiful things come from it. St. Paul, in our first second reading, he says this, Brothers and sisters, whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, beautiful, gracious, if there's anything of excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about those things. Don't, he doesn't say, think about the news. He says, think about the true, the good, and the beautiful. And then he has this crazy line. I don't know if you guys caught it. <laughs> Blew me away. He says, have no anxiety about anything. Right. Sure, Paul. Paul. No anxiety about anything. Surely this is some weird, spiritual, crazy man who has no concept of what human life is like. On the contrary, this is a man who, if anybody in this church has reason to be anxious, it was him. And he says, have no anxiety about anything. And then gives us the recipe of how to do it. Paul's saying that if we focus on all the ugliness of life, all the chaos of life, that our lives will be filled with fear and anxiety. But if we focus on the true, the good, and the beautiful, we become people of joy, people of freedom, people of peace. Did you notice in those two excerpts? What were the feelings that those students were feeling? Peace. One even said it. It's like we weren't, we didn't have to worry about anything. You know what that means? Anxiety. Is gone. Why? Well, because they're listening or they're thinking about something beautiful. You know, there's two principles in psychology, and they're not. I, I, this is what I hate about modern day psychology. They're like, you know, like, look at this awesome principle we came up with. I'm like, no, you didn't. That's as old as the Bible. For the record, you guys, everything you need to know about life is in the Bible, and, and the Lord of the Rings. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna add that just because I, I love the Lord of the Rings. But you really wouldn't need that. It is. It's true. Everything's in the Bible. So there's these two principles. And the first one, I don't know what they call it, but I call it creative human thought. And what does that mean? It's simply this. What you think about and how you think about it is the single most determining factor of who you are. What you think about and how you think about it is the single... This is scientific, it is the single most determining factor of who you are. Human thought is creative. This is why Paul says what he says, because you will become what you think about. I was driving back yesterday from a wedding in Fargo, and uh, I was listening to a book on tape. I I can't read. I mean, I can I can read, but like I I I can't read a book. Like I I am really terrible at it. You know like I get 10 minutes and I just fall asleep. I don't I don't know. But but a book on tape, an audiobook? My gosh, I can li- it's just a different way of learning. I can listen for hours. And I'm I'm currently listening to this book called Captivating. And it's a book about women, which is really odd for a priest to be reading, right? <clears throat> but what it is is it's it's a fascinating book. It's a it's a sequel to Uh, a different book called Wild at Heart. And Wild at Heart is a book all about masculinity and what it truly means to be a man made in the image and likeness of God and what the man is, is truly afraid of, what his wounds are, where they come from. Well then, his wife wrote a book called Captivating. And it is the most beautiful exegesis or explanation of what it means to be a woman in the image and likeness of God that I've ever read. It just takes Genesis and breaks it open. And it's so beautiful, you guys. I'm mad enough to admit this. As I'm driving, I am in tears. Literally tears, thinking about the beauty of woman in the midst of her being in the image and likeness of God. Not just her physical beauty. The whole person. Like what God desired of woman is absolutely captivating. It really is. So I'm sitting there and I'm just thinking, thinking and moved and in tears. And then all of a sudden the book shifts. And it shifts to what the world has done to woman, And what the devil has done. And what women have allowed to be done. And what women have even chosen to become. And I was in such a rage. I don't know if you know, I'm a man of pretty intense emotion, right? I move from one to the other, from tears, you know, to, to rage. So like, I can be watching, you know, frozen alone in my rectory crying, or I can be killing elk in Wyoming mountains, right? <clears throat> but this rage just welled up in me about what has happened. Notice what is going on. It's what I'm thinking about. Many you might think I'm crazy, but I got so angry that I pulled over on I-94. I got off the interstate, got out of my truck, and I just laid out on the grass and looked up at the sky and just breathed deeply and I'm like, it's okay, everything's gonna be okay. Because what did I, I had to get into beauty to calm that rage. Here's the thing you guys, what we think about shapes who we are. And then the second principle is this, it's called the law of exposure your mind will think most about what it is most exposed to. Modern man is under this illusion that I can watch whatever I want, think about whatever I want, listen to whatever I want, read whatever I want, and it's not going to do anything to me. I'm in control. I got this covered. And that is a bold-faced lie. Everything you are watching, everything you are listening to, everything you're reading is doing something to your heart. This is why Paul is essentially saying, (laughs) read good stuff, watch good stuff, listen to good stuff, beautiful stuff. And the return from that will be truth, goodness, and beauty in your life. Why do you think people are so anxious? Why do you think people are so distraught right now and looking at the world and saying, oh my gosh, it's the end of the world. Because all they watch is the news. (laughs) They don't read God's word, which is the good news. They watch Fox News, which is the bad news. Why? Because if it bleeds, it leads. It's a common saying in the news world. I have never seen a news anchor get on and be like, Good evening, everybody, and uh, welcome to Fox News at 5. Just want to let everybody know 5,487 planes landed safely today. Let's uh, give a round of applause for those pilots. They do a great job every day for us. Now, what do you hear? Plane crash, 400 killed, blood everywhere, terrorist bombs. It's, and then all that does is people get afraid. Because that's all, they're, they're exposing themselves to us. They're thinking about all this stuff. We have got to change. And this is getting so much worse, you guys, with, with the internet. If you haven't seen, I, I show this video every year to my students, my confirmation students, called the social dilemma. If you're a parent and you haven't seen it, you need to watch it because basically it's a documentary on what social media, how it works. And there is a great line on that do, on that documentary because a lot of kids are just like, "It's a free app. It's fun to communicate on. R- nothing really is happening." You know, wrong. There is a line on that documentary by like some of the top engineers in the internet world. And that line is this. I I was fascinated by it. It says, on the internet, if you are not paying for something, you are the product being sold. Don't ever forget this. If you're on the internet and you're not paying for something... You are the product that is being sold. Do you want, parents, your children, to be a commodity that is sold on the Internet? Because that's what's going on. They don't care about their well-being. They don't care about what they say to their friends. They care about profit. And in doing that, they begin to slowly, almost imperceptibly, change the way you think. And how do they do it? By what they show you. It's the law of exposure. It's St. Paul's letter. It's right in front of our eyes, you guys. And here's the biggest thing. Nobody seems to care. Nobody's doing anything about it. It's like we're all, we all know it. They like, oh, can you believe this social media stuff? Oh, can you believe the news? Oh, can you believe? What are you doing? You wonder why anxiety is through the roof right now in Americans. Why pills are handed out like candy for depression and mental disorders. It's because all that's around us is bad news. How do you think you're going to (laughs) feel? This is not a trick question. How do you think you're going to feel if all you hear is bad news? Bad. Oh, you guys are killing it this morning. And if all you hear is good news, you're gonna feel this is Human Anthropology 101. It's not rocket science. It's how we're built and the world knows it. The world knows it. And if they can keep us in fear, hunched down in our little bunkers, terrified of what's gonna happen around every corner, We will never experience the freedom of God's children, ever. And you cannot serve God and the world, Matthew 6. You cannot serve God and the world. You have to make a choice. But many of us do try to serve God and the world. And scripture condemns it. Today, I just ask you to make a decision. Make a decision to rid yourself of just one thing. You guys, I mean, we all have many things that are bringing us down. Like me, I just stopped watching the news. I never watch it anymore. I never listen to it. I'm done. And you say, well, Father, then you don't know what's going on in the world. I don't care. What can I do about Israel right now except pray for that country? What good does it do to sit for hours and watch buildings explode, bodies being carried out? What does that do to my heart? Nothing. Except bring it down. And so I will pray for them. I will pray hard for them. But I'm done watching it. I'm done exposing myself to it. Same with music. Conscious decision, I'm just done with bad music. It does nothing to my heart except bring it down you know I had a student I'll end with this I had a student one time this year it was early on in the year and she looked at me and she said father I hope it was one of the greatest compliments I've ever received she said father I hope when I'm your age I'm as happy as you are I said do you ever wonder why I have joy where that comes from it's from him And it's from spending time with Him, hours and hours and hours with Him. Because the law of exposure and the law of human creative thought, it works in prayer. If you're just sitting before the Lord, exposing yourself like the Lord, and reading His Word, guess what? You kind of begin to turn into Him. But my God, do we waste time on the dumbest stuff that does nothing for our hearts. So today, make a decision. Fill your hearts and minds with everything that sets you free, everything that's true, good, and beautiful. Do this, and I promise the anxiety will lessen. It's a given. It's human. And it's proven. So it's up to you. Serve God or serve the world. But choose wisely because only one way leads to joy and happiness in life. And the other way, no matter how enticing it is, and it is enticing will always lead to death.